Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. This is from an anonymous priest, and I will go out of my way to maintain his anonymity by scratching any references to his particular geography or parish. On the importance of the human face, part three. Having heard more than once that the greatest single painter ever created, painting ever created, was that of the Mona Lisa. I thought Da Vinci was a bit of a hack in comparison to, say, Fra Angelico. I was skeptical until I spent hours looking at it in the Louvre. I must agree with the critics who take that position, and we must admit that the whole of the painting is really her face. Is she smiling? Well, that's one of the things you have to consider while you're looking at it. It's hard to say. But what is not hard to say is that if the artist adds a smile to a woman's face in a painting, regardless if the picture is set in a dark antechamber or a bright tea room, there will be energy coming from the painting. There are all kinds of smiles, be they joyful or cunning or evil or embarrassed or nervous, but the whole mood of the painting will be set by smile. In the same way, two people can pose for a portrait in the same room and at the same general position, yet their faces will reveal how each subject truly feels, which in turn influences how the beholder of the painting feels. Put simply, good artists have the ability to influence, if not control, how their audience uh, reacts. The most direct way to accomplish this is by emphasizing facial expressions. Now, let us turn for a moment to what has been called the Dutch Mona Lisa, and rightfully so, I would say. The painting by Johannes Vermeer called The Girl with a Pearl Earring. I remember being stunned by this painting when I saw it many years ago in The Hog. It's quite small, only 17 by 15 inches. It's so powerful that it has been the basis of many other paintings as well as plays, films, and novels. Here's a description of it from the internet. Quote, The composition of Girl with a Pearl Earring is delightfully simple. Unlike most of the other paintings by the Delft Master, the subject here is only a simple head of a girl looking over her shoulder at the viewer. No hint of a setting is provided, other than its atmospherically dark tone. This, too, is unusual for the mature Vermeer. The unusually direct contact between subject and spectator 
and the slightly parted position of the lips presents a sense of immediacy so great as to imply significant intimacy. The girl is wearing a simple brownish-yellow top, which contrasts strongly with her bright white collar, end quote. However, the most noticeable feature of this picture is the girl's enormous tear-shaped pearl earring. This pearl earring, possibly along with the girl's turban, may unlock the meaning of the painting. I've read various theories on the meaning, some interesting and some dull or stupid, or from the pen of someone poisoned by the 1960s revolution. But the best interpretation, I believe, is that the painting derives from ideas expressed by the mystic St. Francis de Sales, 1567-1622. In the Introduction to the Devout Life, published in 1608, published in Holland, sorry, in 1616, in a nutshell, St. Francis de Sales wrote that women should protect their ears from unclean words and that they should allow them to hear only chaste words. The Oriental Pearls of the Gospel. Using this text as reference, it seems that the pearl earring in Vermeer's painting represents chastity, while the Oriental element mentioned is illuminated by the girl's turban. And notice the darkness surrounding the girl. This technique of painting is called camera obscura, or dark room. The light is upon her face and only that which surrounds her face. If there is one painting above all which shows the importance of the human face, it might be this one. It is well worth looking at for some time and then again and again. Turn off the TV. Look at paintings of Vermeer. Your soul will grow into better soil for the word of God to take root. Now, let us consider for a while the iconography of the holy face of our Lord, but in a kind of negative sense. For this, I wish to use the thought of Father Armand de Malaray, FSSP, in his book called X-Ray of a Priest in a Field Hospital. In 2017, a film was released called Silence, directed by Martin Scorsese. It is based on a novel of the same title written by a Japanese Catholic named Shushaku Endo, published in 1966. The novel shows, among other things, the apostasy of a Portuguese Jesuit missionary priest. His apostasy does not happen immediately. No priest working his vocation faithfully wakes up and decides, I think I'll have to go out on some apostasy today. Any more than a happily married man conceives that a round of adultery would be the next thing to try. Priests and laity slide into apostasy. They don't jump in. What are stages of this slide? Now here, a note from Mike, Father gives you seven Different points, so I'll number them. Number one. The priest, Father Rodriguez, skips the blessing before meals. This in itself is no apostasy, to be sure. But we see in the priest the lack of awareness about the need to sanctify all that he does, performing his actions in the name of God. Thus the routine and ordinary events of the day go unsanctified. 
Number two. Father parts with his rosary beads. This he does with a good intention, seeing that the underground Catholics were without any devotional articles. He breaks up his rosary and generously hands each Catholic a single bead. Number three. He offers mass without vestments. In the film, he uses the bare minimum, just a missile, a small chalice, and some hosts and wine. Again, Endo skillfully gives a good reason for this omission, but nonetheless, it sets a mischievous precedent. Number four, he stops pushing for baptism. At a baptism, the parents of the baptized baby are joyful that their child is now a child of God. But Father does not share their joy, and he distances himself from the idea that the child is now under God's protection and has been given salvation. Things are not so simple to him. Number five, he stays in bed and fails to get up on time. How many of this? How many of us are guilty of this? He has his reasons, but the wisdom of ages dictating early rising and no late nights for a priest outside of occasional sick calls was scorned. This is not laziness as such, but rather imprudence and pride in thinking that there are no consequences to dispensing from a daily routine. Believing we are cleverer and stronger than our fallen human nature shows itself to be. Number six, he parts with priestly company. There is a valid reason why he and his fellow priests split up to enable them to reach more souls. But after this, each finds himself alone, and his isolation is making this slide away from sanctity more dangerous day by day. Number seven, he stops offering Holy Mass. Once again, the scenario justifies this change. Father is arrested, and the police find his chalice and all the things needed for Mass and confiscate these. The holy sacrifice of the Mass is not the most important thing happening in the world every day. Nothing may be compared with it. Sorry, the holy Mass is the most important thing happening in the world every day. Nothing else may be compared with it, mea culpa. It is the application of the metrics of the merits of Christ to our souls, and this application should be given as frequently as the needs of the faithful require. I'll continue this discussion later on in more inserts, but I leave it to you, my good parishioners, to note how each stage of apostasy may be compared with how so many in our beloved church have dealt with the virus in our times. This is a good reflection from Father Anonymous, FSSP. I look forward to the next installment of his comments. Thank you for joining me. God bless you.